0: the hashtag #StopAsianHate asian hate has been trending recently here are our
1: thoughts on the current climate as two asian american women after the atlanta shooting welcome back everyone to easier with a friend we're friends who help each other see the positives in life even during difficult times we are your hosts chi and elaine and today we have a special episode to discuss what's been happening to Asian Americans and some ways to help support our community. So,
0: if you haven't heard, since the start of the pandemic, although hate crimes in general have declined, hate crimes against Asians have risen 150%. We fact-checked this against several sources and the number holds up and This is only the number actually verified via police reporting, so not counting any cases that may not have been reported to police. This all came to a head last week when several more violent crimes against Asians were reported across the US, the most notorious of which was the shooting in Atlanta. Understandably, many Asians have been worried, scared, sad, angry, any array of emotions about what's been happening.
1: And we as members of the Asian American community have been hearing from lots of friends and family recently who are checking in on each other and expressing their worries or fears about the situation and what to do about these feelings. As in, how can we help each other through this? One of our good friends from high school actually shared an article about this, which we thought was brilliant, about how it isn't only about stopping hate against Asians, it's also about spreading the love for Asian culture.
0: Agreed. It immediately struck a chord with both Chi and me, because for those of you who may not know, a lot of Asian cultures are pretty bad at doing just that. I find that as a culture, we're bad at accepting compliments and generally pretty hard on ourselves, all of which can take a toll, too, on your mental health. And (laughs) let's be honest, we're already not great at taking care of ourselves mentally.
1: Exactly, which is why we decided to do just that and dedicate this episode to the things we love about different Asian cultures and their contribution to America.
0: Yeah, so jumping right off into it, I mean, I think the number one thing, right, if we're going off things Chi and I love would have to be food. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Asian food and Asian food encompasses such a wide range Korean food, Chinese food, Japanese, oh my God, Thai, Laos, Cambodian, Vietnamese, Indian, all of these different cultures, Pakistani, all of which we consider to be Asian foods. You know, man, I'm leaving some out the Philippines, Malaysia.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have lived for any a number of time in America, I'm sure you've had to try at least one of these and I'll just name off some pho, kimchi, dim sum, pad thai, sushi. I'm sure even if you haven't tried them all, you've had experience with at least one of those dishes. And it's that's just the the very tippy top of the mountain that is a different type of Asian food.
0: And that's not even covering, I think, the fusion foods that have come out of Asian cultures bringing their food to America. And that is one of the great things about our country, right? Is that we're not individual cultures here making a life. We're cultures here making a melting pot and making a life together. And together we are better and together we are stronger. For instance, one of my favorite fusion items, just to name one, is the uh, Mexican-Korean taco craze, where now you put Korean barbecue in a taco with maybe some kimchi and then other taco toppings and some lime. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's the best. And if you haven't tried it, go out and get you some. <laughs> It'll blow. You
1: oh, yes, I love it. I love that you mentioned that because one of my personal favorite also involving kimchi is the kimchi uh, french fries. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. Whoever, shout out to whoever invented that. <laughs> because That is brilliant. I sometimes I'll, I'll confess it is I'll sometime eat fast food. And when I have a little bit of extra fries at the end, I will pull out some kimchi <laughs> from my fridge. And have some with it just because it's so good, it's so good together, yes. But my other favorite is while we're talking about food is to talk about Asian dessert because it's just a different level of goodness when it comes to Asian dessert, it's definitely not as sweet. And then, of course, the boba drink you are, I was just about to jump in, yes, you can now able to drink your yep. dessert. <laughs> you mention dessert without boba, and honestly,
0: I'm gonna get my Asian card revoked here, I don't even love traditional boba all that much. I don't like chewing all the big pearls. So if I, but I love boba like as a category. If I get boba, I'll usually get the tiny pearls where I don't have to chew on them quite so much or maybe the egg pudding. But there's just such a variety. It's like you said, there's any range, I think, of sweet. Like we cover the range of sweetness for people who maybe aren't into all the sweets. Because if you've ever had Korean desserts, the traditional Korean desserts are not very sweet, actually. And so if you're a person who doesn't love sweets, then maybe check out some Korean desserts and see kind of what you find there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then of course, we had a whole episode on this, but the cultural things that we bring in, such as Asian traditional holidays, like our Lunar New Year. And whenever I go to these Lunar New Year festivals, it isn't just Asian people in attendance. It's all kinds of people who are there to get to enjoy the festivities and food and and fireworks and it's so much fun. It's so much fun to be able to share in each other's culture. We all love to go to the International Greek Festival or the I've been to the International Italian Festival and it's so much fun to be able to share in each other's holidays.
0: I agree. I think that's one of the greatest things about spreading the love, not just of our culture, of our all cultures, right? because life is very long and (laughs) you want to get out there and see different things and learn new things. That's what being human is about, learning and growing. And what better way to do that than to experience different cultures and see what's the best of each culture. And I think not just holidays, which I love, who doesn't love having an additional holiday to celebrate, but (laughs) so many other things, architecture, films, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) K-pop. I'm not a big member of the K-pop craze. Again, I'm going to get my Asian card revoked. But I have so many friends who are huge into K-pop. So a whole new genre of music for you to enjoy. I just think that getting to learn new cultures is so amazing. And even if you are Asian, there are a vast array of Asian cultures that you can learn about. And Enjoy. Like when I first found Indian and Pakistani food, it was such a mind blowing experience. For a whole month, all I ate was Indian food or Pakistani food. I just ran (laughs) around Houston and tried out different Indian and Pakistani restaurants. And then I went online and found recipes where I could actually then try to make stuff at home. And It's so much fun when you dive into a culture and learn about their things. And I know the gateway is always food, but there are so many other things. If you learn about different Asian architecture, for instance, it's such a different style of architecture. It's just something different, I think, to think about and ponder. And uh, so much architecture, even, again, Western architecture, has some Asian inspiration. A lot of mid-century modern designers, some of those actual designs that they use, some of them are Asian-inspired. And so that's, I think, really interesting as well, that fusion goes way back before recent memory. Not that mid-century modern is all that long ago. Honestly, even before that. So she and I were both fashion students. But remember when we studied chinoiserie in school? And so that was from Britain in the... I think it was the 1800s, right? Am I remembering correctly? Where they would bring Chinese textile patterns from China and then make it their own. They would design it where it was a little bit more westernized, but there's a whole style of furniture and textiles and design called chinoiserie, literally inspired by China. So it goes so far back. And I think there's just so many cool things. And if you want to learn about more Asian culture or these different facets of Asian culture that have inspired Western things, there's so much to learn.
1: Yeah. And just to bring it to something more in the current day, let's talk about the BB cream craze that happened a few years ago in terms of the beginning of our Western experience with the Asian cosmetics. I tried out BB cream and I was like, oh my goodness, this thing is amazing. But it's basically a product, like a foundation or a tinted moisturizer, if you will. But it does so much more than that. It moisturizes, it has SPF, it makes your face look so amazing. It's a miracle product. And I know you have had a lot of experience with Asian cosmetics. So you want to give us a quick rundown? So yeah, shout out
0: to the Koreans for all the (laughs) recent (laughs) Asian makeup crazes, BB cream, and if you we're on the 10 step korean skincare regimen that was big starting a couple of years ago i started doing that when i first read it i thought how excessive is that 10 steps of skincare and then it just became such a phenomenon and i thought to myself all right what's the i guess downside of trying this out You'd be having an open mind looking into these products so i looked into it i started doing it and I have to tell you, the difference is extreme. Don't let the name scare you off. I've recommended it to so many friends and anyone who's decided to try it has loved it. And you don't need to do 10 steps every single day. So shoot us an email, we can discuss it. I'm happy to guide you through that, but I'm a convert. I 100% stand behind the skincare routine. If you're looking for a way to bump up what's going on with your skin, definitely give it a shot.
1: Yes. The other thing I wanted to mention too is something that I guess seems so trivial and small and maybe even weird and annoying to some people, but Asian people tend to take off their shoes inside the house. And I have to say it's...
0: It's my favorite Asian tradition.
1: Right? I mean, for me, that is one of my favorite things about the Asian household is that we don't wear shoes in the house and it's just so much easier to keep clean. And especially doing COVID and you start to be a lot more aware of germs and nastiness that you can carry in on your body and your shoes. I mean, it's so much better. And I know other families now who are not Asian who have embraced this. I have to say, if you haven't tried it for your family, if you're a mom struggling to keep your household clean, Give that a try. It just makes it a lot easier to maintain your floors. I wholeheartedly
0: second that. And I have a funny story about that. So obviously, by now, most of our regular listeners know my husband is Caucasian. He does not have a tradition of taking off his shoes when he comes in the house. And so when we first got together, I was like, hey, this really bugs me. Could we take the shoes off at the door? Would that be a big deal? I mean, maybe it was because it was still the honeymoon phase. I don't know. He was like, oh, sure, no problem. We we can do that. So he starts taking his shoes off at the door. Fast forward a little bit, maybe like a year, whatever, into it. I have recently noticed that he loves kicking off his shoes, (laughs) even now at other people's houses. So when we go back to his mom and dad's house. I keep my shoes on because I know, hey, this is everybody wears their shoes and it's fine. And... Sometimes I've noticed he kicks his shoes off, even though he knows at his parents' house, that's not the tradition. But it's just like she said, you notice how much cleaner it keeps your house, how much less dust and dirt treks through it. If there's no shoes, it's life changing. You can do so much (laughs) less cleaning.
1: Yeah, and if you are one of those who like to wear shoes inside the house, the solution is to have indoor shoes, like slippers. Yeah, and
0: I want to shout out to, I know there are other cultures who also do it, and some African cultures, I think, also who don't wear shoes in the house and things like that. So for all other cultures around the world who this might not be a tradition, try it. We're certain you'll love it. We're sure you will be a convert, especially... If you're the person cleaning the house, (laughs) if you Google articles on the things you trek into your house on the bottom of your shoe, you will immediately stop wearing outdoor shoes inside. I promise. It's just like she says in the time of COVID, we're more aware of germs, but the things that come in on your shoes, it's just unmentionable. I mean, fecal bacteria, all kinds of things. So (laughs) do yourself a favor, do your health a favor and leave the shoes at the door. (laughs) (laughs) and so I actually wanted to give a shout out to one of my personal favorite Asian culture traditions, chopsticks. Oh,
1: yes. And
0: I've always thought chopsticks were the most brilliant invention. I know that if you're new to chopsticks or you weren't trained on them from a young age, it's kind of harder for you to use them, but for a born and bred Asian person, and I'm telling you, If you aren't one, if you train hard on chopsticks, they will pay off. They replace a knife, a fork. If you're really good with your chopsticks, you can cut things with them. You can pick up the tiniest pieces. Try picking up one piece of rice and it's just the most awesome. You can spear things with them. You can pick things up with them. I just have always thought that if I was on a deserted island, It wouldn't matter because I could make myself a pair of chopsticks out of twigs or something, and I'd still have some (laughs) utensils (laughs) use. So even for survival, you can train on using chopsticks. They will help you out, I promise. And this is actually kind of a fusion thing because Asians don't, surprise, surprise, actually wear chopsticks in our hair normally. But when that became a kind of Asian-Western thing that was going on, I did try out the chopsticks craze in the hair and also checks out. So look, you can eat with them and then you can put your hair up with them. I mean, (laughs) what
1: else do you want from a pair of little wooden sticks? I have to agree. I'm so comfortable with them that they are my go to like I feel weird eating Asian food without chopsticks. I feel like the food doesn't taste the same at this point. And I will eat a lot of other food that are not Asian without chopstick. If I'm at home and I have access to them, they are my go-to utensil for sure. Okay. So
0: I agree with that. I, I've gotten better about the whole feeling weird about eating Asian food without chopsticks. So these days I don't necessarily always ask for them, but again, guess who else does my husband. (laughs) And he actually knew how to use chopsticks before I dated him. So props to him, but of Has he improved in the years we've been together? Most definitely. And he, I think, feels weird eating Asian (laughs) food without them now because he generally asks for them. So we go to an Asian restaurant and he's like, "Uh, can I get some chopsticks? And sometimes I haven't even asked for them yet. And he'll get us chopsticks. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll eat with chopsticks. So there you have it. You get used to them. They're like extensions
1: of your fingers. I'm telling you. Do you guys have this issue? Because Tony and I used to have this issue when we go to an Asian restaurant and they would bring out the utensils and they would always sneak in a, a the, the fork spoon package. <laughs> Honestly, I don't
0: notice it as much, but they do, because whenever that happens, Nick will make a comment like, oh, they think I'm just some white boy who can't use chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is the restaurants generally will bring a fork and a spoon and they'll get him a pair of chopsticks. So they don't assume that he can't use them. They'll bring him one, but then they'll also bring backup just in case. <laughs> so it's pretty good. They, they're, they're getting pretty good at that. While this has been super fun to reflect on all the ways we love being Asian and Asian cultures, on a serious note, we also want to acknowledge that many people are suffering mentally from what's been happening recently. If you are a person of Asian descent who needs support, The Asian Mental Health Collective is an organization dedicated to normalizing mental health within our communities, and they also offer a directory to help connect you to mental health providers based on where you live. If you are not Asian but want to help, there are several great organizations to donate to, such as Stop AAPI Hate, or if you are just wondering how to support your Asian friends, never underestimate the power of simply reaching out. After all, that's what friends are for. Reach out to your friend and let them know you're thinking of them. You are here for them if they need to talk. Knowing you have an ally who supports you is a great mental health boost. Thanks again for tuning in and remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at easierwithafriend, on our Facebook page, easierwithafriend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com.